Church Houston South, and why don't you go ahead and greet the person that's nearest to you, tell them that you're glad that they made it on tonight, and let's get ready to dive into some good word on tonight, amen. <laughs> All right, you may be seated. We've been talking about receiving uh, the peace of Jesus, and I think this is uh, the third part of what we've been uh, discussing and on. So I want you, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 16. Let's look at verse 33, John 16, 33. And we're going to read this out of the uh, King James Version, and then we'll look at it in a few other versions in just a moment. Uh, John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. But the part I want you to really focus on is it says in the beginning, I've spoken to you, uh, Jesus is saying, I've spoken unto you these things that in me you might have what? Peace. peace. Now, that word peace for many people uh, means harmony, uh, we've often talked about it meaning nothing missing, lacking or broken, uh, completeness. And while all those things are partially correct, that's not actually the complete definition of actually this word peace as it stands here. Um, if, uh, if you bear with me for a moment, I'm going to go to this app called Blue, Blue Letter Bible. And this is Bible studies. We're going to study the Bible tonight. Uh, so in this app, uh, it has a concordance built into it. And every word in the Bible literally has a definition assigned to it based on if it's in the Greek or the Hebrew uh, or if it's in the Aramaic or whatever like that. This particular word, peace, uh, it's spelled E-I-R-E-N-E -E, uh, in the Greek, and it's pronounced Irene. It's how it's pronounced. And it looks like Irene, but that's how it's pronounced. But interestingly enough, this particular word has, I think it's six different definitions of what it can mean. Six. And how many guys know that it's so important to rightly divide the word of truth to understand what God is saying in every scripture? Otherwise, what you'll do is you'll misinterpret something or leave something out in what God was trying to say. Amen? So uh, if we're going to talk about receiving the peace of Jesus, let's first of all understand what this peace actually is. So here are the five or six different definitions uh, of it. The first definition of this word arene is a state of national tranquility, exemption from the rage and havoc of war. So it's a state of national tranquility, exemption from the rage and havoc of war. So basically it's talking about peacetime. You know how uh, we're in peacetime. We're not at a. We're not in any particular uh, big war. We haven't declared war like the Vietnam War was not a peacetime for America. The Iraq War was not a peacetime for America. Uh, but we are at a state of peace right now as a country. But how many of you guys know that's not the peace Jesus was necessarily talking about right here? The second definition is peace between individuals, harmony, or concord. Peace between individuals, harmony, or concord. Now that's a peace saying like um, me and Sister Dorothy are cool with each other. All is well between the two of us. She ain't mad at me, I ain't mad at her. We got peace between us. 
Now, how many of you guys know that's not exactly what this was talking about as far as peace between men? Amen? We're getting a little closer to what it means, but it, it wasn't that. Um, the third definition is security, safety, prosperity, or felicity. It says because peace and harmony make and keep things safe and prosperous. That's, that's a good definition, but how many guys know it's still not fully what this one's talking about? Now, somebody may say, well, how do you know which one it is? Well, that's the cool thing about your concordance. What it is, is, is for each of these definitions, it'll give you every scripture in the New Testament that applies to that definition. And John 16.33 is not found in any one of the ones I've given you so far. Okay? So security, safety, prosperity, and felicity. Uh, what are we on, number four? The fourth one, it says specifically the Messiah, the Messiah's peace, the way that leads to peace or salvation. The Messiah's peace, the way that leads to peace or salvation. Now, when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. That must be it. But I started looking at the scriptures, and I said, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't see the scripture in there. It's not lining up with that. So it, it wasn't even talking about that one. This piece that Jesus is saying he's given, it, it's a very specific meaning. And I'll, I'll give you number six, and then we'll go back to number five, because number five is the one it is. So leave your, if you're taking notes, just leave a space for number five. Number six is, it says, of the blessed state of devout and upright men, after death. Peace meaning of the blessed state of devout and upright men after death. So it's not that one either. The one that it is, and this happens to be kind of the largest definition with the most scriptures uh, that it applies to. So this is the version of peace that is seen in the New Testament the most. So number five, the definition is, it says according to a conception distinctly Part, uh, peculiar to Christianity. According to a conception distinctly peculiar to Christianity, so this is really only for Christianity do you really see this definition of peace, this particular version. Now, now listen to this. It says, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation. So it's not just saying it's salvation. This is specifically talking about the tranquil state of a soul. What's my soul? My mind, my will, and my emotions. The tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation. Here's the key point. Through Christ. Here's another key point. And so fearing nothing from God. And content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. I'll read that again. The version of peace that he's talking about in verse uh, 33 is the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with this earthly lot of whatever or whatsoever sort that is. Y'all need me to say that one more time? Okay, the tranquil state of a soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. Now let's just briefly break down that definition real quick so we can understand what, what 
this piece is talking about. Now the scripture says, these things have, I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. So Jesus is saying, I've spoken this stuff to you so that in me your soul will be assured that it's saved. Through me though. Why would he say that? How else does men think he can get saved? Well, according to the law, I'm made right with God through me, through my works, through my efforts. And what Jesus is saying here in John 16, is no longer are you going to have to worry about you being saved or safe or righteous with God through your works. I'm giving you peace. I'm giving you an assurance that your salvation, your righteousness is secure because of the work I did. And then he says, in the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So that's also letting you know that he's not talking about peace, meaning you won't ever have challenges. Because he turns right around and says, you're going to have tribulation. But don't worry about that. I've overcome the world. But again, back to that peace, what is he saying? He said, listen, you're good to go, not because of your works, but because of my works. So you don't need to be afraid of God. Because that's what men was. Men were afraid of God because the thing was, was like, yo, if I mess, I'm sorry, not yo. Um, if I mess up, I lose my, my righteousness. If I mess up, I'll end up in hell. So people were not just fearing the Lord, they were scared. And so they worked really hard to stay saved. And Jesus says, no more do you have to do that. You're righteous. You're right with God because of me. I'm giving this to you, and this is my peace. Because Jesus had the same assurance. Because he knew that because he was Jesus, and the fact that he had never sinned and everything like that, he didn't worry about fear and wrath from God. He's like, I didn't do nothing wrong. And Jesus said, the same assurance I got, I'm giving it to you. The way I described it last night was it's like Jesus took the test and got an A. You got an F, but then he gave you his A. He didn't just give it to you, he gave it to the whole world. He said, I'm giving you my grade, my assurance, my, 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 my uh, assurance that I'm passing the class, my assurance that all is well, I'm giving that same peace to each and every one of you. Now, somebody tell me where in there it says you have to work for it. Where in there does it say you have to earn it? Where in there it says, unless you sin or make a mistake? He said, I'm giving it to you. Let's look at this in the uh, New Living Translation. So are you understanding what that word peace now means? Because that's important. And I took a little extra time with that because it's important. You see that? Because we're going we're gonna to read a bunch of scriptures that you're going to see that word over and over again. And now you won't just think harmony. You won't just think nothing missing, lacking, or broken. You will see, oh, this is the state of mind that I have because I don't have to worry about being right with God because I am because of what Jesus did. And also, I don't have to be afraid. So it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Now, some people think that that word peace means just you're going to heaven. No, no, no. He's talking about while you're living on earth. While you're living on earth, you need to be able to have peace of mind that all is well between you and God. 
Now why? Why would you need that? Confidence. Hmm? confidence, exactly. Why does anybody need confidence? So I can be bold, so I can do stuff. You don't, once you get to heaven, it's done. So why would you need the peace of Jesus for heaven? He's saying, while you're here on earth, when sickness comes, you can be bold. When poverty tries to come, you can be bold. When the lies come, you can be bold. When any attack from the enemy comes, you can now be bold, not having to worry about, well, you know I made a mistake, so maybe that's why money's a little funny right now. Well, you know I didn't go to church last week, so maybe that's why uh, my children are sick. No, you can be bold knowing that all is well between you and God while you're on earth. You're going to need this peace so that you can have confidence. Another word for confidence or belief is faith. Because without faith, you can't lay hold to what grace is made available. So my peace that Jesus has given me literally directly helps me build up and have the faith that I need to lay hold to what grace is made available. Many people don't lay hold to what grace is manifested in their life, not because it's not there, but because they're so condemned and they so think that they're, God's mad at them or they have broken fellowship with God, so they never have faith. As a matter of fact, go with me to Romans 10. Let me just show you this real quick in a word. It's okay if we study the Bible, right? Romans 10, verse, let's start at verse 11. And uh, I'll read this out of the King James. It says, for with, uh, sorry, uh, for the scripture says, whosoever what? Believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Now that's a promise, right? Whosoever believes on him should not be ashamed. Uh, let's keep going. Um, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? Now, if I have the peace of Jesus and I have this assurance and I have this confidence, I'll believe and I'll call. Why? Because I got faith. But if I feel horrible and condemned, I'm not, I'm not, if anything, I'm running from God. I'm doing just what Adam and Eve did. I'm hiding from God. So the enemy wants to attack your confidence so that you have no peace and as a result, have no faith. And as a result, never see the manifestation of grace in your life. Let's keep reading. It says, and how shall they believe in him of whom they not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Guess what version of peace that is? The same one we're talking about. It's the assurance. How beautiful are them? Preachers should be preaching the gospel of grace, which is the gospel of peace, which is the gospel that says you're assured of your salvation because of what Jesus did. It was a gift. That's crazy. When I looked at this, and you look at it in context, it all connects it all together. It says, and bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah uh, said, Lord, who have believed our report. Verse 17. So then faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
as the gospel of peace is preached to me by the preacher, I can have faith. But if I'm not hearing the preacher, if I'm not hearing the gospel of peace, if I'm not getting that, then guess what? It's going to be really difficult to have any confidence. It's going to be really difficult to have any courage, any boldness. And so here it is. The lie of the enemy to this day has been telling people, you don't need to go to church. But, but where's the preacher at? Where's the preacher at? But you don't need to go to church. Laughing in the pit of hell. It, it, it's literally like, I wish I'd, I'd have thought about this earlier. It's imagine building blocks like this going up. And if I get faith that leads ultimately to the manifestation of grace, but the faith comes from the preaching of the word, and I don't go where the preacher is, and I pull that block out, what happens to everything else? Faith, grace, manifestation of grace, it falls. Again, it's not that it's not available. It's I can't get it because I'm trying to operate outside of what the word of God says. I figure I know a better way. I, don't, I, I can just listen to this song. Well, but that, that's not what the word said. You have to make sure you're connected with a sent preacher. <laughs> not just any preacher. A sent preacher who is preaching the gospel of grace or the gospel of peace is what it also calls it right here. That's why when Dr. Dodd had that revelation about, wait a minute, you know, he was talking about it, uh, I think it was Sunday, about, you know, how he just just continued to be a student of the word and continued to be open. And then he said he bumped into the gospel of grace and realized, oh my goodness, this is it. And what did he do? He adjusted the entire ministry. Why? Because this is it, y'all. Everything is built off of this. If you don't have the peace of Jesus, you don't have the confidence, you don't have the faith, all the grace is made available to you is just going to be wasted. Somebody said, that's a bold statement to make. People go to hell. I mean, sorry, they don't go to hell. They die, and some go to hell, having a plethora of grace available to them. But they just didn't know. There are Christians, people who have made Jesus Lord and Savior of their life, who live life and die of various situations, diseases, and this, that, and the other, simply because they don't have an understanding of what we're talking about tonight. And I say, not another day. The mission of this ministry here in Houston is to get the gospel of grace, to get exactly what we're talking about all around this city. And then to multiply the churches, not just so we can have more churches, so we can multiply the message all around this state and do our part in the world changers nation. Some of you guys heard me talk about uh, the, the guy, the pastor guy I heard about that uh, fell into adultery and uh, is so riddled with guilt because he doesn't understand Romans 8.1 applies to him. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because if I'm in Christ Jesus, I'll realize I got his peace. Yeah, what I did was wrong. I need to have a repentant heart in, this, in a sense of turning and heading the other direction. His wife apparently had forgave him, but he couldn't even receive her forgiveness because he couldn't receive forgiveness from God. And this is a preacher. This is a pastor. He's over people. But he's not alone. Do you know how many, 
How many preachers, how many mothers, how many fathers, how many teenagers, how many young adults are walking around in condemnation because they don't understand because no one has preached to them the gospel of peace or this gospel of grace? You got the peace of Jesus. If you understand that, say amen. So this peace is not harmony with man uh, or having no issues in everyday life. It's not just tranquility. It's not just security and safety. It's so important that we understand that this peace of Jesus is an assurance in my mind of my salvation and of my righteousness with God. Now, I don't know about you, but I, let me just ask you all, since we're kind of in a group the way we are. I mean, how many of you guys have actually gone up in life and gone up against challenges to your thinking uh, that made you think, maybe I'm not as right with God as I thought I was? Yeah. And see, and this is sharing everybody's room. And this assurance says, you're as right with God as you're ever going to be, and it's not going nowhere. Yeah, it's, it's yours. It's, it's, it's literally permanent. Now, can I really freak y'all out for a second? Sure. <laughs> Do you know that that righteousness is available to everybody? Yes. No, 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 no. Let's define everybody. Murderers, sinners, Muslim, this, that, and the other. Uh, everybody. That's what makes it nuts. <laughs> That's what makes it unconditional. That's what makes it mind-blowing because surely they got to do something to get it. What was the qualification that we just saw? Believe. Believe. Grace ain't fair. But Jesus gave his peace to everyone. Amen? Amen. Let's keep going. Um, so let's, let's take a... Um, Closer look at this. Let's go to Romans 5.1. Romans 5.1. Now we're going to, I hope you guys as our church and our Sunday group and Wednesday group don't mind, but I just really feel led to just hang out on this for a few weeks just to make sure we really get this. Because to me, it's like, oh, I got it. And then every time I go and read something, I'm like, nah, that's a little deeper, man. Look at that, look at that. And it's just, I think as we study this, we're going to build such a fortification in our minds. Because uh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but Philippians 4, 7 talks about how peace guards you. Yes. And some of us, are, our, our guard has been down for so long that stuff just comes and it just makes us question our righteousness with God. But part of the goal of this series is to build up that guard of peace so strong that nothing can get in anymore. Amen. So that you have this kind of forever confidence, this forever boldness, that when you see something, you can just speak to it. Amen. And then watch God's manifestation take place. Amen? Amen. Uh, Romans 5.1, it says, therefore being justified by what? Faith. By faith. We have, there's that word, what? But I'm justified by not my works, by my faith, and I have peace with God. So not, again, we're not talking about peace between man. This is peace with God through, through our Lord Jesus Christ, not through your works, not through your actions, not through your church attendance, not through whatever. It's you got peace through Jesus. The Amplified says it this way. Therefore, since we are justified, now here's what justified means, acquitted. Declare it righteous. Now, acquittal means that there was something, there was a charge against you. Mm -hmm. 
but you were let go. You might have even been guilty, which we were. <laughs> but the charges were dropped against you. Why? Because Jesus picked up your charge. Jesus took your case. And you were declared righteous. And giving a right standing with God is what that word justification means. And you're given this through faith. Then it says, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold on and enjoy. To hold and to enjoy. To hold and to enjoy. Look at those words. You got the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. Our job is to hold on to it. Not to make it. Not to earn it. Now if I can hold on to something, it also means I can, I can let it go. It's, it's there. Jesus didn't take it. God didn't take it. I laid it down. How do I lay down the peace of Jesus? When you allow that mind to think that it's not worthy. That you're no longer worthy. That you're not the righteousness of God. The peace is there. Grace has made it available. But you're choosing to let it down because the enemy is deceiving you into thinking it's not yours. Just like this water bottle, it's like everybody in this room has access and has the peace of Jesus sitting right there. And you have to pick it up, receive it, and hold on to it. And, and not just that, I love what he says, and enjoy it. And enjoy it. Don't be that type of person. You know how some people, they get a little money and they don't know how to enjoy it because they're so afraid of what everybody else thinks. And then you got that one joker that know how to enjoy themselves. And then everybody looking at them like, that don't make no sense. They ought to be a little bit more modest. No, you don't be modest with the peace of Jesus. If there's one thing you're going to boast about, boast about your peace in the Lord. Let other people see the peace of Jesus in your life. And it, what? Ain't that Janice? She used to be all that back in the day. And da 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 da. Now she thinks she forgiven and da da da. Oh, I am forgiven, honey. And, 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 and that lady you talking about don't exist. She died. Just like Saul, you know, he died. Paul said, I ain't wrong no man. Paul, you were sending people to the Coliseum getting killed. Paul said, but Paul hasn't wronged any man. Because Paul has the peace of Jesus. That guy's gone. And he, he held on to it and he enjoyed it. Amen. It says, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And that's another thing you got to look at all throughout these scriptures. You're going to see over and over again. It repeating that this is by Jesus, through Jesus, in Jesus. Never in us. Never by us. Never through us. Because to believe it's by you, in you, or through you, we're gonna, I'm going to show you at the end of this, that's actually what it means to fall away from grace. Because grace made it all available, and here you are thinking it's by you, and so it's like, if this is grace right here, and you're sitting there saying, yeah, Jesus did it, it's by me, it's for me, it's, I mean, it's by him, it's for him, and it's through him, I'm now acknowledging and believing and connected to what grace has done. But the moment I begin to believe otherwise, that it's by my actions, in my actions, it's, it's by me doing what I need to do, I am falling away from grace. I am moving away from grace. Falling away from grace is not a punishment. Grace is a, a, a place. It's a, it's, 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 it's a person. And he did everything for you. And it's a way of believing in that person. But then when I start saying I do it and I did it, I'm moving away from grace. 
What are you saying, Archie? I'm saying every Christian, every individual that thinks they can earn righteousness is a person who's in the process of falling away from grace. Can I just show you that real quick? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go to Galatians. Uh, I think it's chapter 5, verse 4. And then we'll come back to this in a minute. We're just going to flow tonight, if that's all right. Uh, Ephesians, Galatians. Galatians, Ephesians. Galatians 5, uh, we're going to actually start with verse 3. It says, For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. The Amplified says, I once more protest and testify to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation and bound to practice the whole law in all his ordinances. Verse 4 says in the Amplified, if you seek to be justified and declare righteous and to be given right standing uh, with God through the law, you hear those qualifications? Then what does it say? If that's you, you are brought to nothing and so separated, severed from Christ. That's why I gave that example. This is grace. This is Christ. And when I start thinking it's me, I was holding on to him through my belief, but now I've let him go. He didn't, does it say God severed you from Christ? No. no. You let go. Because of how you're believing now. Unbelief is what causes me to fall from grace. I'm believing more in my actions and my works than the finished works of Jesus. Let's keep reading. It says, you're separated or you're severed from Christ. You have, you have, not God has, you have fallen. Again, God loves you. He's not pushing you out. He's not cutting you off like we were taught in the past. You have fallen away from grace, from God's gracious favor and unmerited blessing. What does it mean, unmerited? That means unearned. He's not, it, it's, it's, it's impossible for him to push you away from a blessing that you can't earn. Do you understand that? That means it's there. It's there, all you gotta do is believe and come back and grab onto it. So the only way to get away from an unearned blessing is for you to choose to not pick it up and enjoy it and grab it and receive it. And, and this is so, when you look at it, it's like, this is so simple, but it's so, it's so powerful at the same time. And how, again, how do I do this? It's when I think I'm justified and declare righteous, seek to be justified and declare righteous and given right standing with God through the law. And here, and this is right here in the Word. <laughs> and all this time we were told, you're falling away from grace if you sin. It didn't say nothing about sin in there. Now, unbelief is the root of all sin. So you got to understand the root of this is indeed sin. But we were taught it was specific sins that if you habitually did those things, you would fall away from grace. That, it, it's, that definition is what this is talking about. To try to live perfectly is to try to be justified and declare righteous by your works, by the law. So here we are trying to not fall away from grace, being taught to fall away from grace. We have to depend 100% on what did Jesus do, not sit and focus on how right do I need to be. I will be right as I focus on him and then allow 
God, as it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, uh, to transform my thinking as I renew my mind, my behavior will change. But I'm relying on him to do it. And I'm relying on him to not only change my mind, but to make me righteous. He makes you righteous before your mind gets changed. It's not the other way around. It's not that your mind gets changed and then you're righteous. He makes you righteous. You make him Lord in the process. And now you say, now, Lord, you got to help me renew this mind because I, I still got desires that I know aren't pleasing to you. I still want to do stuff that I know I shouldn't want to do. And somebody says, why is that still there? Well, you're still a human being. And while your spirit's been renewed, that mind, that, that, that blessed little dirty mind is still got some residue on it. Amen. Some people do lose taste for certain things. I've heard of that, and that's not abnormal. But everything doesn't just always go away. People freak out when I say that. Are you saying that, that with the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, I can still be imperfect? Yeah, because you in there too. Now, if he, if he evicted you, then yeah, you'd be good to go. But that's who Jesus was. And, and you ain't him. Amen. Now, you've got all of him on the inside of you. And that's why when you submit to him, the renewal can take place. Does that make sense? All right, let's look at this just in a couple more versions just so we can just really get it. Uh, go to the New Living Translation. It says, for if you are trying to make yourselves what? Read that with me. Right with God by keeping the law. You have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. It's his grace. His gift. Uh, let's look at this in the um, King James last. It says, Christ has become of no effect. That's an interesting word. Christ has become of no effect for who? Unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. After reading this, who wants to live by the law? Not me. <laughs> because if I'm trying to live by the law, I am, by definition, ye are fallen from grace. Wait, no grace, no manifestation of grace. Can I, can I go one step further based on what we talked about a few minutes ago? For me to live by grace requires faith. So a person trying to live by the law by definition is not living by faith. Because it takes faith to trust in the finished works of Jesus. So any Christian who's walking around saying, I hear what y'all are saying, but I want to keep my Ten Commandments. What you're saying is, is you're not living by faith. You don't trust God. So guess what? Nothing's going to work in your life. Because even for that Christian that says, but no, 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 we got to have the Ten Commandments and all that. Well, that's the same person. Then let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, please God, I think it's later, later on in there. But Hebrews 11.1 1 says, uh, what? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And then we use that as a foundational scripture to say, anything you believe in God for, you got to have faith. But you can't have faith if you're not living by grace. By definition. So they're deceived even in that. No, it's just faith. You can't have what grace is made available and then say, I'm walking in faith. As somebody just said a minute ago, you're walking in unbelief. You won't believe that what Jesus did is enough. 
And that, but that's the deception of the enemy. All because some preacher didn't want to sit and rightly divide the word. Thank God we are, we're different at world changers. Amen? Amen? So let's look at this word real quick. It says Christ has become of no effect. What's that word effect mean? Um, when I looked it up, it says uh, no effect means to be separated from or not be a part or out of fellowship or be a physical distance. And again, that's why I use that example I use. Because the more I, I read and studied this, I was like, this isn't just this weird punishment to fall from grace. It means Christ is there. Grace is made available, but it's of no effect in my life. Why? Because it's there and I'm over here. I, I've separated by He didn't separate himself from me. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but he never said you wouldn't leave me. Now here's, here's the awesome thing. Even though I keep trying to leave him, though, he, he's right there. You, you, do, you, do you get this? Even though I keep trying to leave him, he's still in me. Because he said, I'll never leave you. So what I'm doing is, is only, oh, Jesus, oh, come down. We're spirit, soul, and body. So I got him. But what it is, is it's in my soul. That's why this definition of peace says, your soul has to be assured. I got him, but I'm cutting him off in my mind. I, he's, he's with me. I can't lose him. But what I've done is in my mind, I've let him go. And, and what the enemy wants me to think is physically, spiritually, and mentally, he's gone. And that's just a laugh in the pit of hell. Even though I ain't thinking of him, he's 100% thinking of me. Even though I won't talk to him, he's steadily talking to me. And even when I've cut him off, his mercy is still operating in my life. God got you even when you don't want to be God. That's good news. So no effect means to be separated from or not be a part of or out of fellowship. Uh, it also means to render idle, to inactivate, or to make inoperative. So it's like you just kind of cut them off. He's there, but he's like, I'm waiting for you to like turn back to me here and be assured that what I did was enough. And the moment you do that, you get back into belief, you, get, you turn that faith back on, and now that faith will start laying hold to, again, what all grace is made available. If you understand that, say amen. amen. So, if I think and live as if I will be made right with God by self-performance, in line with the rules of the law, that's how I fall from grace. It's not about me sinning a lot. And we're going to talk about sin here in a little bit. But it's, it's when I think, keyword think, because that's where this is happening in your soul. When I think I will be made right with God by self-performance in line with the rules of the law, I fall from grace and I am literally separating myself from fellowship with Christ. So I don't want to go to church. See, now whatever happens in my mind, it manifests in my body, doesn't it? So now I've separated from him in my soul, so I'm not going to church. Because I feel condemned, I feel bad, whatever. But I'm not going to go because I'm not connected up here. A person who won't go to church is a person who's already decided in their minds, I'm not going for whatever reason. And, it's, and oftentimes it's because of deception. 
you know, it could be they got, you know, could be embarrassed of some sin in their life or whatever like that. But the bottom line is, is I don't feel like I'm right enough with God. I did something wrong, and so I'm going to stay away for a while. Many of you have reached out to people and said, hey, where you been? Da, 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 da. Well, I got this going on in my life. Well, well, something in their mind is saying, there ain't the answer. You want to know why? Because in their heart or their soul, they're not relying on him for the answer. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you not to go to church. He's not going to tell you to stay away from the house of God or the things of God or the people of God. If anything, he's going to tell you, run to that. Amen? No faith in him means no manifestation of grace in our lives. You know what that means at the end of the day? No supernatural results. So here is one of the answers to why people aren't seeing supernatural manifestation. They say it and they declare it, but they're almost saying it like magic words. They don't really believe it in their heart. They're just saying, well, this is what sister so-and-so did, or this is what pastor said to do, so I'm going to do this to try to make this happen. Well, that's like borderline witchcraft. And there's a lot of people who are operating in that. They're trying to almost work a spell. We don't like to say it that way, but that's actually the truth. They're trying to manipulate the word of God. They're trying to twist what it's saying. And you ain't got to, it's back to works. If I do this and do that, and if I, if I start a little of this and a little bit of that, then it, poof, it's going to work. No, all you got to do is believe. Believe in what? The finished works of Jesus. That you're right with God. And as a result, you have his peace. You have the peace of Jesus. And as a result, you can enjoy the benefits that that peace brings. You don't have to work nothing. You don't have to act out nothing. You just need to believe. Now, when you confess, you're going to confess, not, Lord, can you do? That's the pastor's preaching a wonderful message on prayer, series on prayer right now. You're going to confess or pray in alignment with the fact that it is done. You can pray the wrong way. Father, please uh, heal me. Uh, you're healed. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that I am healed and whole because I got the peace of Jesus. I'm right with you. And there is no sin, no sickness, no disease that can attach itself in any way to my life and my body. I declare myself healed and whole in Jesus' name. And I'm not doing that to try to make myself healed. I'm doing that reminding myself I am already the healed. There's a difference. Sometimes you can say the right thing still with the wrong thinking. Remember, this peace is about your soul being assured of its salvation and of its right standing with God. So again, I don't want to just have the right words and have the right action, but don't have the true belief. If you understand that, say amen. amen. So we, we did a whole series on waiting for God. This ties directly into it. Remember that scripture, in, uh, I think it's uh, Isaiah 64, 4, that says God will work on the behalf of those who wait for him. Not waiting for God indeed is the door to self-effort. I was like, Lord, man, we only waiting for you for a long time. That was, the, that was kind of the step we needed to understand in order to get to this. I said, Just go there real quick. Isaiah 64, 4, and leave it in the King James. Uh, go to the Amplified, I think it is. Yeah. It says, uh, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived the, uh, by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, besides thee. What he hath, what he has prepared for him that waited for him. There's another version, uh, I think it's, um, 
uh, I think it's the NLT. Go to the NLT. Oh, yeah, no, this is it. Yeah, who works and shows himself what? Active. He's working for those who wait for him. So here it is again. I, I believe in God. I trust God. He said he's going to do it. I'm chilling. Why? Because I have confidence in him. The person who says, well, I just got to go do this. You're, you're falling away. You're, falling, you're not believing. You're falling away. Come back. This is all happening where? In your mind, and then it manifests in how you talk, which how you walk, and everything like that. Waiting for God is literally a sign of trusting and receiving the peace of Jesus. Waiting for God is indeed having faith. Waiting for God is believing because he promises, I'm on the job. Don't worry about nothing. If you understand it, say amen. amen. So again, I'll, I'll reiterate this point. Um, when we fall from, well, when this happens and people fall from grace, it's not because grace is not there or is not available. Uh, it's simply we're not taking advantage of what he's made available. And, I, and it breaks my heart to think about how many people in this world, especially, I'm talking about Christians, fit into that category. All because of bad teaching and bad doctrine. That's why we have this mission that we have. Amen. Uh, let's go back to Romans chapter 5 now. Uh, we're going to look at verses 1 through 2 in, in the New Living Translation. Are you getting anything out of this tonight? Yes. Amen. Romans 5, uh, 1 through 2 in the New Living Translation. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by what? There it is. By faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. It's, that's as clear as it can get. Verse uh, 2. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us to this place of what? Come on now, somebody. Amen. You got privilege that you don't deserve, but you got it. Yes. We stand in a place of undeserved privilege. And you didn't bring yourself there. I didn't bring you there. So guess what? I can't take you out. Amen. Guess what? You can't take yourself out. The only person who can take you out of this place of undeserved privilege is the person who brought you there. And that's Christ. And guess what? He didn't give his life to, to then turn around and forfeit your position of undeserved privilege. It's yours. Say that with me. It's mine. It's mine. You stand in a place of undeserved privilege where you not will stand. Again, this is not just for heaven. You're standing there right now. So, and we confidently, where's confidence at? In my mind. We confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Exactly. And this is where you stand right now, today. So don't you let nothing move you from your place of privilege. Jesus bled for you to be at this place. Jesus died for you to be in this place. Jesus took the beating for you to be in this place. And he did all of that because God planned for it to be done. God loved you so much. So why would God do all of that and then turn around and be mad at you because you make a mistake? He don't see any longer that what he sees is his son's sacrifice. Amen. 
And Christ brought us to this place of undeserved privilege. Amen? Amen. Now I want to encourage everybody, this place of undeserved privilege is indeed all of ours, right? But does everybody participate in it? Some of us got it sitting right there and it's laying dormant. I, I liken it to having a car in a driveway and you walk in 20 miles to work every day. You got a brand new car that's fully paid for, got gas forever, insurance paid for forever. It actually gets updated and renewed on a regular basis whether you drive it or not. You didn't deserve it. You, don't, you didn't earn it. You don't even pay for it, but it's yours. And the person who's falling away from grace, the person who's trying to earn their righteousness, the person who's trying to live by the law is literally getting up every day and saying, I got 20 miles to get to work today. I'm going to walk. Oh, and did I tell you the car drives itself? All you got to do is get in. All you got to do is get in. The door closes behind you. It automatically knows where you want to go and when you want to get there. And actually, when you sit in it, you get to where you're going instantly. And you walk in. And you walk in. By the time you get there, you're no good. You're tired. You're broke down. And so now when it comes time to actually do the work you were supposed to do, you sleep. And that's what's happening in the body of Christ right now. We're so busy trying to get ourselves saved and get ourselves right. When we actually finally show up to where we're supposed to be at, we can't hear God. And then we say, what happened to the gifts of the Spirit in the church? Well, you're trying to use it all on yourself. <laughs> and then the unbelievers don't want to come and be a part because there's nothing for them. That thing is sitting right there. And it's made for each and every one of us. And it's perfect, y'all. It's perfect. As a matter of fact, let me show you, show you a few more scripture about that piece and how perfect it is. Go with me to Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 15. Colossians 3, uh, 15. It says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Now, again, we know it's not talking about the heart that pumps blood. This is talking about, again, that, that soul, that mind. What does it mean to let it be the ruler or rule in your heart? That means it trumps any other thought. That means it trumps any other temptation. That means anytime anything else exalts itself against what the word of God says, that you're not the righteousness, the peace that comes from Christ that we're talking about beats it out. You choose it over anything else. Let me make this real practical because it's not like that peace is in there and it just beats it out. You got to choose it. It's, all, it's like it's all these thoughts and there's a piece of Christ, which is way greater. They don't even, they don't even stack up against it. And you got to say, no, no, this is the truth. That other stuff's not the truth. I'm choosing this. It says, let this rule in your heart, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And this is that same peace, y'all. And always be thankful. Why? Because everything's good. All is well. So I'm thanking them in advance that all is well. I'm not complaining. I'm content. Why? Because all is well. Oh, but you, what, what about the people who got bills? All is well. If you got to give me wisdom, if you got to give me favor, if you got to give me wisdom and favor, whatever, I'm going to get it because all is well. So I'm thankful in advance because my mind is right. If you understand that, say amen. 
Uh, let's go to Philippians 4, 7. Talking about receiving the peace of Jesus. It says, then you will experience, uh, let's go back to six, go back one. It says, don't worry about anything. How come? Because you got peace, the peace of Jesus. Don't worry about anything, instead, pray about everything. Now, how do we pray? In line with the word of God that it's all done. Tell God what you need. Place a demand on it. He know, but now tell him, I got it. I got what I need, Lord. See, it's a different way of thinking, therefore it becomes a different way of praying. I, I, I need a new vehicle for whatever reason. Lord, I got the new vehicle in Jesus' name. I'm telling you what it is I need, and I'm letting you know that I got it. Because you have supplied all my needs. And I'm right with you. And thank him for all he has done. Verse 7. Then, why? Because your mind is right. You're praying right. You're thinking right. You're talking right. You're, you're showing even yourself that I, I believe this. It's back to I got faith. Then you will experience God's peace. Which exceeds anything we can understand. Well, that sure do make sense now. Why does it, you know, why does it exceed anything I can understand? Because I don't know why he gave me this. I don't know why he gave it to you. But I got it. And, he, and, he, and I believe it's not just a matter of it, it, it going beyond my understanding in a sense I don't deserve it. But also, I believe how extravagant it will show up. You asked him for this car, and then he gave you all this other stuff, and he just gave you the one with the bells and whistles, and da 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 da. da and you're just like, I don't, I don't understand. You know what I just did the other day, but because I trust you and believe you, look at what's showing up. Amen. Think about the believers who 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 get hold of this and and literally live this way. Yes. Undeserved privilege. His peace here it is will guard your hearts and minds. Not your peace, his peace. Ain't no peace stronger than his peace. It'll guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now that's not a condition saying if you don't live in Christ Jesus, you won't have peace. That goes against everything we just said. Because that's back to works. And that's what people do though. They, they read all and say, yeah Archie, but it's as you live in Christ Jesus that you'll have that. Well that's back to you now have to earn and work to keep peace. No, what that's saying is, is his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you continue to live in him. Meaning, continue to live in him as you have this peace. It's not a condition. It's a, I like what you said, like a, it's a byproduct. It's just a, it's two things that's just happening at the same time. I got peace and I'm living in Jesus. It's that simple. You can't take the word and then start twisting it and flipping it to try to make it mean something it don't mean because the other scriptures then contradict that meaning. It's not about works. It's saying continue to live in him. And while you're living in him, this peace is going to guard your heart and mind. Continue to believe him. But the moment you stop believing him, you're taking peace off the job. So you're no longer living in Christ Jesus if you're living in unbelief. Again, this is you stepping out of it. But as I live in Christ Jesus, I'm living in belief 
peace stays on the job. But this is not saying don't sin and then you'll still have peace. Now, I'm not preaching sin, 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 but you got to understand what I'm saying. That's not a disqualifier for this peace. It is strictly saying continue to believe, continue to live in Christ Jesus, all he's provided for you, continue to believe in him, continue to have faith, and you will keep peace on the job. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Okay, let's go to John 14, verse 25, and we're going to go up to verse 27. We're going to read this in the New Living Translation first. The message in the ERV, and we'll get ready to close out. It's been good for y'all. Yes. It's been good for me. Um, John 14, 25. It says, I am telling, now this is Jesus talking to the disciples. He said, I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. 26. But when the Father sends the advocate, who is the advocate? Yeah, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. Now, we see that happening in all the scriptures we just read. Now, this is before Jesus died. So he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to remind you about my peace. He's going to remind you of everything I'm telling you. And so here comes Paul along the way with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is doing exactly what his job is. He's reminding us you got the peace of Jesus. He's reminding us you are the righteousness of God. Y'all remember that whole series we done on the job, the, the three things the Holy Spirit's uh, supposed to be doing? You know, uh, convincing and convicting us about the fact that we're the righteousness of God, that the, the dove was the one that's been punished, and the sin issue is an issue of unbelief. He's not sitting there telling us everything we did wrong. And when you look at all three of those things together, all three of those things together is him reminding us, you are right with God. You got the peace of Jesus. Unbelief is not your problem because you're saved. Now stay out of unbelief. You're the righteousness of God. So act like it. <laughs> Live like it. Think like it. The devil's the one who's being punished. Not you. And, and this line's right up with that. I think that's in what John 16, I think it's like 4 to all the way to 11. It talks about the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit. But he, he alludes to it here. He said, he'll, he'll remind you, <clears throat> excuse me, of everything I have told you. Verse 27. Now here it is. I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. And again, that peace is the same definition we talked about at the beginning of this. It's an assurance of salvation or being made right with God, righteousness, and therefore fearing no punishment from him. He said, I'm leaving this to you. One version says, my peace I'm giving. Now, is this something I earn? How do I know that? Yeah, somebody just said it, because it's a what? He said, it's a gift. Sounds like undeserved privilege yet again. Let's look at this in the message version. Yeah, um, let's go um, forward to um, verse 25. Yeah, there we go. It says, I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit. Well, you know what? Let me pause right there real quick. Gosh. Sometimes this stuff hop out at me. <laughs> and now I know why he's a friend. Mm -hmm. You know, a friend's always encouraging you. 
you beating yourself up. Friends like, listen, no, you good. And that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. Every time you want to beat yourself up, every time you want to say, you know, what ain't, this, that, and the other, he's sitting there saying, you good. You're the righteousness of God. You, you know, you're being, so, you're being too hard on yourself. He died for you. You're, you're good. You ain't in trouble. You ain't punished. And he's the comforter. And, and, and so he's the friend, the Holy Spirit, who the Father was, whom the Father was sent at my request, <coughs> excuse me, will make everything plain to you. Isn't that what Colossians just did and Philippians and Romans? It made this so much more plainer to us, not because of some amazing teaching, it's because the Holy Spirit's amazingly teaching you on the inside. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. Don't be walking around talking about there's a piece of me that's just empty and missing. No, 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 no. Jesus said you're well and whole. I think it's 1 Corinthians 13. Oh, man, I think it's like verse 9 in the Amplified. I think it's the Amplified or, or, the either, or either the ERV where it says that he, uh, Jesus, is our completion. It's not leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you, peace. Assurance of salvation. Assurance that you're going to be right with, that you are going to be right with God. They didn't have it yet. But he was saying, when I die, this is a gift I'm giving to you. I love you so much. I'm not just going to leave, just leave you with good words. I'm not just going to leave you with good examples to follow. I got to give you the main thing that I came here to give you, which was the ability to now be back in relationship with the Father outside of the law, outside of your works. And if you would just believe it, receive it, hold on to it, and enjoy it, you can have abundant life. Amen. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. Why would I be upset and be distraught? Because I'm scared that I can't do what God said to do, and I'm going to die and go to hell. Is that the end of that one? Yeah, I'll read this. It says, you've heard me tell you I'm going away and, and I'm coming back. If you love me, you would be glad that I'm on the way to the Father because the Father is the goal and the purpose of my life. That was his whole job was to get us reconnected back to the Father. So don't, don't fall away from grace. Don't fall away from trusting what he did. He got you back to the Father, so why are you trying to get back to the Father? I say, he already got you back to the Father, so why are you still trying to find your way back to the Father? He lives in you. Amen. You as close to God as you ever can be because you are with him. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Was, that, was that the message version? Yes. Last version, the ERV, and then we'll close for real. <laughs> and we'll... Uh, Go 25 to 28. It's just, it's just neat to look at these in these different versions because you, you see uh, even more every single time as, as it further breaks it out. It says, I have told you these things while I am with you, but the helper will teach you everything and cause you to remember all that I told you. This helper is the Holy Spirit that the Father will send in my name. I leave you peace. This is what I want you to see. It is my own peace. This isn't some other secondary peace. It's like, 
It's like that Mustang I got, and I give it to Caleb. I'm giving you my car. I'm not. I'm not buying you something else. Uh, I'm giving you what was near and dear to me. I'm giving you what worked for me. I'm giving you what I have. Sometimes we try to lower this and say, "Well, well Jesus had this, but He gave me that." No, no, no. He gave you all of what He had. I give you. Uh, my own peace I give you, I give you peace in a different way than the world does. So don't be troubled, don't be afraid. Verse 28. You have heard me say to you, I am leaving, but I will come back to you. Now think about this. He said, I'm leaving, but I left my peace. I left my assurance. And then I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit, but I'll be back. Your big brother's coming back. Jesus coming back. But he left us still complete and whole. So even though he left, we don't have to sit here and feel like we're missing something. He said, I've given you a right relationship with God again. So be assured of that. I've given you the Holy Spirit to keep you reminded of who you are and what you got. And we know by Acts 1 and 8, we also have the power of the Holy Spirit up on us to do what Jesus did. So he said, you're good. Now you just got to Keep believing that. And never fall into this thing of I have to earn it. That I have to work for it. That I can somehow lose this position of undeserved privilege that I was given. You got the peace of Jesus. He said, if you love me, you'd be happy. I'm going back to the Father because the Father is greater than I am. What does that mean? What well, Jesus is saying, listen, you had a relationship with me, but now you get a relationship with him. And that was the goal the whole time. He said to the disciples, I know you were excited because I was here and everything like that, but there's somebody greater. And, and, and the goal was to get you reconnected to him so you can be all who he created you to be. You're supposed to be like me. And now I've given you a way to stand in his authority. Now I've given you a way to walk in his power. Now I've given you a way to be prosperous as he's designed for you to be. Now I've given you a way to have victory. And that is the results of receiving and having the peace of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. So Father God, we just receive and believe your peace. And we thank and praise you that as a result of having your peace, we're the righteousness of God. We're right with you. And we stand in our positions as sons of you, Father God. For our sonship is indeed our anointing. So we thank you for being love. We thank you that these messages are helping us get to know you better so we can know ourselves. There is no more identity crisis. And I thank you that there is not a soul hearing this word falling away from your grace. But instead, each and every one of us are trusting in the finished works of Jesus. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the glory out and praise for the victory that comes from a result of this. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, say amen. 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 Well, praise God. Um, 
Again, thank you guys for being out here on tonight. Before we go, we want to go ahead and uh, take a moment to sow. Uh, if you're giving my text, you can definitely uh, give as it's up on the screen. Uh, WCTXHOU, text to 41444. Uh, know that your seed is going into good ground. Uh, we're Like I said, we're, our goal is to get this gospel of grace uh, all around the city of Houston, all around the state of Texas, and joining Pastor Dollar and Pastor Taffy of getting it all around the world. Amen. So let's trust God and let's watch what he does. Because I tell you what, it's, it's an amazing thing, the journey we're on, the vision we get to be a part of. Amen. 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 Uh, let's go ahead and pray over those offerings. Father, we thank and praise you for the seeds that we're sowing on today. And we thank and praise you, Father God, that we have an abundance and no lack. Father, we are sowing not to be blessed because we already are blessed. But we stand in a place to be able to sow because we love you. We thank you that as we tithe, we do it out of honor for you, not out of necessity. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory and praise for these things in Jesus' name. And before we go, as always, um, if uh, you don't know Christ and you're in this room, I think everybody does, but if you didn't or don't, uh, we'll give you a chance tonight to get prayed for if you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or if you want to join the church, which I think everybody in here is members. Amen. So is there anybody who needs prayer for any one of those things? Going once, going twice, so to the blood of Jesus. All right. All right. So uh, uh, thank God that all is well. Uh, go ahead and raise your hands uh, as we prepare to be dismissed. Father, we love you so much. And we thank and praise you for your goodness to us. And we thank you as we leave this place, we travel 100% full of your grace. And we receive and dedicate our lives to just continuously honoring the peace that you've given us. And we'll give you all the glory out and praise for the victory that comes. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the almighty God. To him be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys so much. We'll see you on Sunday. Uh, then we'll see you on Wednesday. And then I'll be right back here next Thursday as well. And we'll just continue on hearing what God has to say. Amen. We love you guys so much. You are dismissed. Amen. <laughs>